Masechet Babakama Daf Nun Bet. We're talking about a board, a pit that is owned by two people, um, and one is using it and the other one comes along. Uh, we spoke about at what point uh, does, uh, does the transfer of liability go from one person to the next, and one opinion what is when he passes the bucket. That also is passing the buck. Um, say, okay, here, now it's yours. And uh, then if something happens um, while that second person is using the board, uh, that second partner, then second partner is liable. Okay, since we spoke about passing a bucket as a way of transferring liability between two partners, we're going to speak about it also regarding selling. I want to sell you a pit. Uh, so at what point does this, is the transaction finalized? As soon as I hand over the bucket to you, um, then that's it, you acquire it. We ask about Rabbi Elazar's statement. Handing over a bucket this is not on the list of standard ways of enacting a transaction. Um, if he's buying it with money, so then when I transfer the money. If it's with usage, then when you start using it, that's a way of acquiring um, like land, right? You uh, you make a you make a furrow, you close a, you close up the fence, you do something that shows that you're using it, that shows ownership. So what is this? This is not either of those. It's not that's money. This is not chazaka. So um, what is this? The significance of passing a bucket? Oh, in fact, we are talking about that he's acquiring it through usage. However, I can't just go, let's say you have a pit uh, somewhere. I can't just go and use it and then say, okay, it's mine. I need your permission first, right? You have to say, okay, you know what? I agree. Go and use it. And by that, you will acquire it. Uh, so either he can, uh, the seller can verbalize that or he can hand over the bucket. Handing over the bucket is equivalent to saying, go ahead and possess it. So then once the buyer takes the bucket and then use, and uses the, um, and, and uses it and uses the cistern, then it becomes his. The same uh, law regarding buying a house. Once the seller hands over the key to the house, he has acquired it. And we ask the same question. This is not one of the ways of, of making an acquisition. If you're buying it with money, so then when you hand over the money, if it's by usage, then go and, and use it. Go take possession of it, right? Go in and, uh, and uh, close the door. In fact, we're talking here also about taking possession. Uh, but I can't just barge into your house and then say, Oh, look, it's mine. See, I'm using it. I need your permission first. So either the seller has to say, Go and take possession and thereby acquire it for yourself. Or instead of saying it verbally, he can give him the keys. Um, that's a very significant act even now. Uh, when you buy a house, you got the closing, here's the keys. But really giving the keys by itself out of context wouldn't mean anything. I might give someone a key uh, just to uh, come in and watch my house or go get something from my house. Uh, it's within this context, it, it is. So if, uh, if a buyer gives a key a seller, it's, uh, if the seller gives a key to the buyer, it's as if they are saying, go and acquire it 
by taking these keys and going and using the house. If I want to sell my flock of sheep to someone else, if I hand over the mashkuchit, then it is, uh, that, that, uh, that enables the acquisition. We'll see what this is in a minute. Hechidamu asks the same question. Ibim shicha liknem shicha. Imsira liknebe mesira. Well, the requir- acquiring animals is done in a couple of ways. One is by pulling it. That's for small animals. I have to actually pull it. Or I hand over the reins. Oh, sorry, for a big animal, I hand over the reins. Now, what is this? This is neither of them. So we answer, In fact, it's by pulling, but uh, you can't just go pull random animals. I have to give you permission. Either I give you permission verbally, go pull this uh, sheep and thereby acquire it, or I can give you this mashkuchit, and that is the equivalent of saying, go ahead, and now I uh, I give you permission to acquire it. Now, finally, my mashkuchit, what is this thing, mashkuchit? karkashta. In Bavel, they say it's a karkashta, it's rings uh, that the uh, shepherd uses, that make sounds, and the flock follows when he makes those sounds. So it's not the physical rings, but... It is uh, something that the shepherd uses to lead the sheep. And so if I'm giving that to you, that means I'm giving you control of them. Yaakov, a different opinion. He thinks that the mashkuchit um, is the, the, the goat that goes at the front. There's a lead goat. Everybody respects that goat. Uh, all the other goats, they, um, they follow wherever it goes. So whoever owns the goat, that goat is going to be able to lead all the other ones. So if once the seller hands off uh, to the buyer this lead goat, then he acquires the rest of them. We see this usage um, in the statement of a certain Galilean person said in front of Rav uh, um He said, when a shepherd is angry at his flock, he makes the leading goat, the nagad, nagada, that's the same as like in Hebrew, nagid, um, like Rabbi Shemuel Han-Nagid, the leader. He makes the lead goat blind, and then when the lead goat is blind, uh, then uh, the, nobody else knows where to go, because that's when the shepherd is angry, he wants to, them, he, angry at his flock, he wants them to get lost, so he blinds the lead goat. Uh, so this, uh, why did he say that in front of Rav Chista? Is he talking about Rav Chista? Saying that this is uh, implying, well, more than implying that Rav Chista is not a good leader. And so he says, when the shepherd is angry, meaning when God is angry, he gives them uh, angry at his people. Then he appoints for them um, leaders that are blind. Okay, if that's what he means, that would be uh, very insulting. Or maybe he means uh, in general. He's talking about uh, you know a leadership of the people in various other times of history or in general. All right. Anyway, that's what we see that the uh, there is such a thing as a lead goat, and Rabbi um, Yaakov says Mashkukit is that lead goat that um, is referred to in the statement as well. No Mishnah. We're still talking about a pit that's owned uh, by two people. Now, the first one, he covered it. Uh, he covered it okay. 
And then the second one passed by and saw ooh, it was uncovered. Somehow it got uncovered in the meantime. And uh, let's say at that point, something falls in, the, an animal falls in, and the second one is liable because he's the one that noticed. The first one is not, not liable because he, uh, in fact, covered it. Now, Kisau Kara'oi, that's the Desha. Sefa, Kisau Kara'oi, Nafal Shor, O Hamor Umet, Patur. If any one of them, if the, an owner, whatever, of a single one, uh, covered it properly and an animal fell into it um, and died, the owner is not liable because um, he did what he had to do. He covered it. The third case is um, an owner did not cover it properly. He put a cover on it. He just put some uh, uh, cardboard, not not a proper cover, not something that could hold the weight of what usually passes by there. And uh, and uh, animal fell in, then he is liable. Okay, so uh, 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 the first one is talking about um, uh, partners, and it's the right the one that notices second the second one who notices it's uncovered is liable. And then we have a case of pat, of patur because if uh, someone uh, covers it properly, and then chayav if he covers it improperly. We're going to be coming back to these a lot. Nafal lefanamikol hakiriyah chayav lachad. Someone's digging and making a pit wider, makes a lot of noise, and uh, making a lot, a lot of noise, a loud bang can startle not just a person, but also an animal. So if an animal is, is near the edge of the pit, and because of the loud noise of uh, the person digging in the pit, they, it falls in, the owner of the pit is liable. But if it, that's if it falls lifanav, forwards. But if it falls backwards, then is one is not liable. There's a couple of different interpretations of this and why it should make a difference if it's forwards or backwards. That will be a discussion on tomorrow's daf. If an ox uh, fell with the vessels that it's carrying and the vessels break, or a donkey is, uh, falls in and with its uh, vessels or garments and the garments that it's carrying rip, um, the owner of the pit is liable for the animal, but not for the vessels, as we've seen a number of times that a pit, for a pit is, um, the owner of a pit is liable for damage to animals, but not damage to vessels. If an ox uh, that the ox that fell into it was itself a deaf ox, or and not not a very smart even on ox level, uh, not, um, uh, not smart for, even for an ox or a baby ox that's not quite stable or knowledgeable in navigating, uh, then the owner is liable um, because he put something he put as uh, a hole in the middle of the street, and you know sometimes there are oxen that aren't quite so savvy that are going to fall in. The implication is that if it's um, if it's an ox that is um, uh, that is aware, uh, fully aware, and uh, it's in the daytime, and they can see and everything, then the ox should notice, right? Oxen, they look where they're going. They should notice that there's a big hole and avoid it. If a human a child, whether a boy or girl, or a, a male or female servant, uh, fall in, the owner is exempt uh, because, the Torah says, 
uh, one is liable for pit to to a pit, not for vessels and not for humans, but only for animals. Humans, we assume, they see where they're going and they should be able to avoid the pit. The Gemara now discusses the first case of the first person, the first partner who covered it appropriately, and then the second partner uh, saw it that it was somehow became, got uncovered, and so the second one is liable because he saw it there uncovered. The first one did his responsibility. The question is, Vidishon ad emat miftad, for how long is the first one uh, not liable? Forever, for a hundred years, I understand. He put the cover on um, at the beginning. Okay, good. He did a good job. And then the second one, the partner, saw it uncovered. So immediately, certainly, the second one has to go and make sure to hire a watchman, make sure no one falls in until he can get another cover and so on. Um, uh, so that uh, certainly, uh, certainly in the short term. But for how long does the exemption of the first guy last? Uh, three opinions. Rav says in the amount of time necessary for him to uh, see for himself and become aware that this is the situation. I don't know how often, let's say he passes by there every day. So tomorrow at that time when he passes by, he will have seen it. Um, so he's exempt until it's expected that he would see it himself. Shmuel says, uh, no, it's the time that it would take for someone to tell, someone to tell him. Someone will see this pit is uncovered and say, oh, whose pit is that? It's this guy's and that guy's. Where is he? So by the time you go find him and see if he's home and let him know, uh, which seems to me like a shorter time period, uh, than Rav. Right, as soon as it would be normal, the normal time it would take to to get a message to someone and inform them, then the first one is also liable, not only the second one. Rabbi Yochanan gives a, a longer period. He says, not only uh, you don't only have until the time that the first partner knows about it. Uh, but rather, yes, also amount of time that would take to do something about it. Um, to, has to re, has to make a new cover. This guy, he made a cover at, at first, but now, I don't know, it got kicked off, it got lost. So he has to go hire workers, cut down cedar trees, make a new cover. That whole time, he is not yet responsible. The second um, partner, who's the one that actually sees it first and uncovered, he is immediately responsible. So he has to go and hire a watchman, stand there, whatever it is, make sure that nothing happens. Um, the first guy becomes responsible only when um, either uh, any either of these three time periods have passed. All right, that's the first sugya. The next case of the Mishnah talks about just one person. Forget the partnership now. Uh, uh, one person owns a pit and he uh, covered it properly. And nevertheless, even though he covered it properly, somehow an ox or a donkey falls in size and falls in and dies. He is not liable because he did what he had to do. Now we ask. Practical question. If the digger um, covered it properly, so how could an animal have fallen in? And Abi Yitzhak, the son of the son of Hana, explains that it got rotten from inside. You leave it there for a while, after a number of uh, years, uh, then it's going to go bad. It was made out of wood. We saw the cedar trees, right? Eventually, the wood is not going to be good, especially if it's over a cistern and there's water, and so it will end up rotting. 
Um, so it's not going to last forever. He made a good cover. It rotted. What was he supposed to do? So he is not liable. Oh, we'll see at the uh, end of today, uh, the question of how, do you have to go and check it, right? You have to do maintenance on it and, uh, um, and examine it every so often uh, to make sure that it didn't rot. Okay, so that's the case. And now we have a question. Uh, so we, now we have a question. Let, uh, there's different levels of uh, covers, um, uh, different strengths. So let's say he, the owner covered it with a cover that could withstand the weight of oxen, but not the weight of camels. Camels are heavier than oxen. And so then some camels came, and that was not a proper cover for camels, and they weakened it. But the camels didn't fall in, uh, but they did make it weak, and then oxen came in and fell in. What would we say about that case? Is he responsible because he didn't make it strong enough for camels and the camels weakened it? Or is he not responsible because it's an ox that fell in and he made it strong enough for an ox? So the sages answered, What's the reality of the situation? If there are normally camels there, then he is negligent. You made this camels always walking by over here, and you made a cover that's not, not strong enough for camels. Well, then you're negligent. And if camels don't walk by here ever, um, then it's beyond his control. I made a cover that's appropriate for the normal traffic here, which is oxen. A camel came? Uh, how was I supposed to know that a camel would come? How, how, how strong do I have to make it? Right? For a tank? For, uh, for uh, an airplane? Um, so I did what I had to. This is beyond my control. So what's the situation? And the answer is, We're talking about an area where normally there are oxen, and once in a while there are camels. It's not like a crazy thing. Camels sometimes come here, but they're not regulars. On the one hand, do we say that since camels do come for every, every once in a while, and you have to expect that, so he is a negligent, and uh, he should have made it um, stronger for camels. He should have thought about that, anticipated. Camels are going to come here sometimes. I better make it stronger. Or do we say that right now there are no camels, and it's an ox that fell in. So he, he's beyond his control. He didn't do anything wrong. That's the two sides of the question. Let's try to answer. We're going to, give, we're going to attempt uh, a couple of answers from two parts of our Mishnah. And then we're going to have an Ika de Amre that gives a whole nother version of this entire Suga. But by the end, we will have a conclusive answer, at least to the second version. Okay. Ta'ashema. Kisau kada ovenafal etocho shor ochamor umet patur. This is from the our Mishnah, the, the second case of our Mishnah, um, uh, that says that if he um, put a proper cover on it and nevertheless, uh, an animal falls in, he is not liable. What kind of proper cover did he put in? If it was a proper cover for ox and for camels, well, how could it fall? Can't be. Rather, he did the medium cover. That's good for oxen, but not good for camels. Good, that's our case. That's what we want to know. If there's always camels there, then why would it be patur poshehu? He's negligent. There's camels here. You have to get the upgrade. And if there are no camels there, then it's also, uh, then this would be redundant. This would be a simple case. 
obviously it's beyond his control right he made he made, made the proper uh cover and uh so uh, of course he's patur i know the mishnah said patur i agree with i agree with the mishnah he did a proper cover but you wouldn't have to say it. there's no chidush here Rather, there must be a case where they come intermittently, camels, um, and that's the case that we're looking for. And so they come once in a while, and some camels came here and there, but and they, they weakened it. And then an ox came, and the ox actually fell through it. And this Mishnah teaches Patur. So this is an answer to our original question. We see that if you make a medium strength cover and a case where once in a while camels come, um, we consider that uh, beyond this control because right now in this situation there were no camels and ox, is, ox is in fact the one that fell in. We call that beyond this control and uh, he is a Patur. Amri, we say, no, that's not a good proof. It could be that this Mishnah is talking about a case where you did the upgraded cover that's even good for animals. And that we asked before, oh, how could it fall if it has a proper cover? We already answered that, that it was a proper cover, but then it rotted from the inside, and that's why it fell. But in fact, the Mishnah is not necessarily talking about the case that you are asking about where it's a medium-level cover. It could be it's a high-grade high, high grade cover, and therefore there's no proof from this Mishnah. All right, let's try from the next case in the Mishnah. Tashima, If the owner did not put a proper cover and an, an, an ox fell into it, or a donkey and died, then he is liable. What kind of case are we talking about? Peshita, if it's a flimsy cover, not worth, not, not, that couldn't withstand not an ox and not a camel, then obviously he is liable. You have to teach me that? Can't be that case. Rather, it must be that's a medium one uh, that can withstand oxen but not camels. So what's what's the what's the subcase here? If it's where there's lots of camels, then he's negligent. Certainly he would be chayav, nothing to talk about. And if there are no camels there, well then he did what's proper. There were only oxen. He he, he built one that's good for oxen. A, a camel came on this road, and camels never come here. So then he would be um he would be anus. Rather, must be that camels come once in a while, and camels came and made it weak, and then a ox came and fell into it, and it says chayav. That's exactly the case that we want. Therefore, we can conclude that if they come every, even if camels come once in a while. He should have anticipated that, and he is negligent. He should have um, known that camels are going to come and gotten the upgraded cover, and he, since he didn't, he is liable. Is that a good proof? We say no. It could be that it's uh, in-between in cover, 
But it's Shushchichi Gemalim. But it could be talking about where, where there are many camels here. And that what you asked, well, wouldn't that be obvious that he's liable? If he made it medium cover, but there's camels that always pass by here, then he is negligent. And we wouldn't have to say this, uh, this clause. And so the answer is, you're right, it is an uh, um, extraneous clause, but because the Resha, we're calling the second case in the Mishnah, the Resha, the first case was his partners, the Resha is the one that says, Patur, because he made it uh, proper, that was actually the Chidush that they wanted to tell us, that if you made it proper, um, then you are Patur, that was the Chidush. But now, since it said that, just for just for the sake of parallelism, um, the Sefa says, and what, and the opposite, lo, lo but really you're right, this is an obvious law, because there are camels always there, and uh, that's what the Sefa is talking about, it's not talking about our case where there's only an occasional camel, and therefore there is no proof either way from our Mishnah. That's the end of this version. Now we have entirely second version of the whole question and the two answers. And that this time we're going to have a third answer that will be successful. This is actually the question that you asked before. That's not our question because we can say for sure since camels come sometimes he's negligent, right? So what if doesn't you know if you're building a street? So you have to assume that a big tractor trailer, even if it's a small street, is going to come down the street, even though it's not a big highway that it comes every day. But once in a while, a trailer is going to come. So you have to make a street strong enough that it can uh, carry that. And if you don't, you're negligent because you should have thought, um, anticipated such a situation. So let's assume that that is true. And that's not the question that we were asking originally. In fact, this is the question that we are wondering about. A more difficult question. Uh, the owner of the pit got the medium level that can withstand oxen, but not camels. But it's on a street where there are lots of camels. So he is certainly negligent. Um, because he didn't get the, the, the proper level. However, there's another problem, that also it rotted in the meantime. So because it rotted in the meantime, it would have fallen in anyway, even if it was a top level. So what do we say about that, Mahu? The question is, do we use a Migo argument that since he is negligent, in one area that he got a sub-level um, uh, uh, um, uh, quality because it cannot withstand camels and there are camels here and therefore since he was negligent in one area we apply the negligence in the other area of rotting see if he got a top level and it rotted the mission we already established that it's not his fault that it rotted he, um, how is he, how is he supposed to know? So he wouldn't, if it was just rotting, he wouldn't be liable. But now that he did something else wrong, so then we apply Migo argument and we apply that liability also for something that wasn't his fault. A modern example might be if someone is driving under the influence and he hits um, a pedestrian that jumps out of nowhere. So we're going to hold him liable, even though, let's say he was sober. If a sober person had been in that same situation and it was dark and the pedestrian jumped out of nowhere, we would have said, oh, it's a mistake. 
uh, not your fault, it's okay. But, that, so he didn't actually do anything wrong. So let's say he happened to be also, he was driving drunk. So then we say, since you did something wrong and you were driving drunk, even though it could very well be that you would have hit this person anyway, even if you were sober, doesn't matter. Once you do something wrong and drive drunk, then we hold you um, liable even for another case, even for something that you would not have otherwise been liable to. That would be a kind of modern Migo argument. Uh, do we say that or do we not say Migo? Listen, it's true. He got a mid-level uh, thing, but it wasn't the camel that fell in. Um, it was a, an ox that fell in, and it was because it rotted inside. So he wasn't uh, not not his fault. He, he the accident happened because of rotting, and so therefore he he would not be liable. That's the question. Uh, let's try to answer it. This is the resha, the second. Uh, case after the partners um, uh, is the resha where he he covered it properly for um, and an ox or a donkey fell in he is not liable because he covered it properly and we already saw that Rabbi Yitzchak said this is a case how could it fall in if he covered it properly because it got rotted inside now what's the subcase if he made the upgraded cover that's good for oxen and for camels and it rotted so of course he'll be patur. What was he supposed to do? What what choice did he have? How did he know that uh, inside it's round? It's not something. If it was round on the outside, you could see. Then he has to replace it. But it's from the inside. So what was he supposed to do? Obviously that would be patur. The Mishnah wouldn't have to teach such a simple case. Rather, must be our very case that we are asking about that it was a mid-level um, cover that's only good for oxen but not good for camel. And there are many camels here. And it also rotted. And yet, what's the ruling? Uh, since the Mishnah rules patur, we can um, therefore conclude that we do not apply the migo, that just because he was negligent in one area regarding getting something that could withstand camels, he is also considered liable for riding. No, we do not say that. Is that a good conclusion? We say no. Not a good proof. It could be that he got the top level um, cover. And it rotted. And you asked, uh, of course he would be patur. What was he supposed to do? The answer is, No, I might have thought that he should go and knock on it every once in a while, right? See, if is, is it hollow inside because it got all rotted or is it still nice and solid? We might have thought that he has a responsibility to check on this cover um, on a regular basis and therefore teaches us not so. All he has to do is put a good cover there in the beginning and I guess it's unusual for it to rot inside so we can assume that it's uh, if it's there that that is still good and that's what the Mishnah is coming to teach us. It's not talking about our case. Let's try again from the Sefa Tashema. He did an improper cover and it fell in. One is Chayav. What case are we talking about? If he got a flimsy cover that cannot withstand not oxen and not camels, um, do you have to tell me it's Chayav? Isn't that obvious? 
There must be the mid-level one. Now, if it's talking about where there are lots of camels, he's certainly negligent. So that would be obvious. He wouldn't have to tell me that. And if there's no camels there, well, he got a proper one for oxen. So what? what so he did. He, he did what's right. Um, so how? What, what was he supposed to do? Of course, he should be um, patur. Rather, must be our very case where he got this mid-level uh, one, and there there are lots of camels there. Yet the thing is, it also rotted, and yet it says chayav. What can we conclude? Um, since he is was negligent when it came to camels walking on it, because there are camels there, and he got. The, a substandard cover. So once he is liable, negligent in one area, we hold him liable also regarding the, the riding, even though otherwise, if he got the proper cover, we would say patur regarding riding. Now we say, no, you are liable uh, for the riding as well. So we see that we do say migo. Is that a good proof? And we say, no. In fact, we're talking about a case where he bought a mid-level uh, cover that was good for oxen, but not good enough for camels. And there are a lot of camels there. And the camels came and they made it weak. And then the oxen came and fell into it. Peshita Poshehu, and we and we rejected this scenario because we said this would be obvious. He, of course, he got he got the wrong level, lower level than needed uh, quality. So of course he'd be chayav. Why would the Mishnah have to teach us that? And the answer is, I didn't see Bresha Kisau You're right. It is um, um, extra extraneous, but it's only for here for parallelism. Since Adesha wanted to teach us about. A person who put, put a proper cover, these patur, it gave a parallel. And Sefa, where he put an improper cover, um, uh, he is, he is chayav. And so, yeah, but otherwise, yes, it is, it is obvious and it's not teaching us anything new about Migo. And so therefore, there is no proof from here. But finally, we say maybe there is a proof from, uh, an, a few, another, well, it's, this is a really a braita that is, uh, builds on one of the later clauses in our Mishnah. Hashema. Nafalo tocho shor chere shoteve katan, soma umalech balayla chayav, pikeach umalech bayom patur. This adds a couple of more cases and in our Mishnah. Um, if an ox uh, that was, uh, deaf or stupid, or um, uh, uh, very young, or blind, or it's walking at night, and that ox falls into my pit, I am liable, right? Because I could not have expected these type of ox, these type of oxen exist. They're around. Some oxen are going to walk at night. Some are blind. Um, so um, they, it, would be, it would be hard for them to see the pit, and they fell in. I am liable. However, if it's pikeach, if it's uh, a smart uh, ox, um, it did well on its, uh, on its SATs and it's walking in the day so it can see just fine. So then I am not liable because a normal, uh, uh, ox in the, in the daytime should be able to see that there's a hole there and avoid it. Now we ask, Why don't we say a migo argument that since the owner is considered liable regarding a deaf ox or a, a dumb ox or a stupid ox, why don't we say that since I'm liable for that, I then we apply migo and say, well, the liability extends also for a smart ox. 
What you see here is that we do not say that. We distinguish between the cases. Uh, rather, we see that we do not apply amigo argument. And therefore, in this case also, when it's true, I did something wrong because I got a sub-level uh, cover that cannot withstand camels, and there are camels here. Yeah, I did something wrong, and if a camel just fell in, I would be liable. But we, we're talking about a case where, in addition, it also rotted from inside. And then because of that rotting, an animal came and fell in, but it was because of the rotting. So just because I did something wrong regarding one area doesn't mean I'm liable. It does not mean I'm liable in all areas. And that is the conclusion. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.